warning overconsumption of gin may lead to demonic possession, unwanted erectile functions, hallucinations, and mispronunciations. Please drink responsibly. Yeah, please. Ah, yes. Guess who's back? Back again. Guess who's back? That's probably it's probably copyright, isn't it? Anyway, guess who is back? <laughs> it's Mother's Ruin. <laughs> Yay! Mother's Ru- We have had a very long break because oh, my name's Sarah. I want to move house. So we had to do that. Yeah. We've also written a load more episodes. Um, we've got loads of new gins for you to... Uh... So many gins. I think last count we had 74 different varieties yeah. of gin. In yeah, the we have. Yeah, yeah. And that's last count. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've got we've got some crazy subjects for you this season. Um, some really interesting ones coming up. We've got some awesome tastings. We've got some interviews. Um, so, yeah, loads. But this one is a very special one. Yeah, we're having a Cotswolds today. A Cotswolds today. It is nearly Christmas. We're going to enjoy ourselves, as we always do when we record this podcast, because gin's class. That is mine. Free poured. Free poured. Free poured. This is a very strong gin, I believe. Yes, it is. Um, we are looking at... 46%. 46%. Let's take it easy, because we are doing more tastings today. Yeah, we are. Um, so, yeah, this is, as its name suggests, from the Cotswold. It use lo- uses local botanicals. This is one of my new favourite gins, it I have to say. It is beautiful. It is absolutely delightful. It goes cloudy when you put the tonic in. Bit of novelty value there. Yes, I feel like a, do, do like a colour changer. <laughs> yeah. Um, really strong on the juniper, quite strong on the lavender. Yes. Let's have a nosy. You smell the lavender there. Oh, it's, it's lavender-tastic. Copyright, my, my word. <laughs> lavender-tastic. Cotswold, if you want to use that, yes, just let us I, know. Let us know, we will give you a very reasonable price. <laughs> Actually, he's a great guy, the guy who runs Cotswold, uh, mm. Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always really helpful, and he's uh, extremely passionate about what he does. Oh, God, I... And you can tell his emails. His emails are almost like he's shouting how much he likes stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Um... And this, so this gin, it's um, I think it's a good one for winter, really. I mean, it's got those kind of lovely flowery yeah. botanicals. It's but a fireside, nice, yeah, nice fireside gin. It's well. got a kind, it's got a warmth to it. I think it's probably the strength of the yes, alcohol I, in it. It's mixed up. Highly recommended. Yes, but ladies and gentlemen, this is the Christmas special of Mother's Ruin. Well, it's kind of a it's it's kind of a Christmas special. It's kind of the lead up to Christmas. So we're going to be getting quite Christmassy over the course of the next few episodes, but this one we've got some really good gifting ideas, haven't we? Oh, we have indeed. Yeah, we have indeed. Which we'll get to later. Excellent. We had a countdown to Christmas. Yeah. But first, but first, but first we have some strange and spooky tales. Ooh. Mm. So you know, it's telling Sarah's got a mystery involved. Our voice goes about that. <laughs> well, so gin—it's always had kind of connotations that are greater than the sum of its parts. All it is is a bit of spirit um, with some juniper mixed in. But it's sure, <laughs> giving up the secrets. Yeah, but right from the beginning, you know, when the early alchemists brought us these hot, volatile waters, aptly named spirit. Um, 
they did earn themselves kind of godlike status. You know, we talked about Maria the Jewess, we talked about Raziz. I feel a bit godlike Jabir. after a few. Yeah, and yeah, I guess it does give you a uh, overinflated self of uh, overinflated or an overinflated sense of your accurate. own <laughs> potency. Um, <laughs> potency. <laughs> How dare you question my potency? <laughs> But yeah, so in this episode, we're going to bring you some tales of how Jin's history has crossed over into the world of the spiritual, the religious, the supernatural, as best we can being two fairly cynical yeah. heathen types. Yeah. So let's talk about Jin and religion, first and foremost. It's got religious connotations, right? And alcohol itself has always had religious connotations. The blood of Christ. The blood of Christ, exactly. Um, rum. Rum. Mm-hmm. Rum as well. In what way? Voodoo. Ah, it's funny you mentioned voodoo because we are going to talk about voodoo. Yes. Yeah. My favourite religion. Yeah. <laughs> so no spoilers. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, ancient Greeks, they had their own god of wine, Dionysius, or also known as Bacchus. Um, and yeah, as you say, we sip communion wine. European monks often brewed beer. Um, Trappist beer, which is still a kind of niche monks. brand of beer today. Yeah, Wasn't it the monks that used to brew? It wasn't anymore. It was Buckfast. Yeah, I yeah, think but so. so. I think someone messaged us saying they don't do it anymore. It's definitely factory. But, uh, well, because we thought Buckfast was Scottish and it's actually not, I believe. I think Oh, that's, that's controversial. I think we got corrected on that by somebody. I bet it wasn't Scottish whoever corrected you. <laughs> it was Barry Dodds, actually, of the Parapod fame. Uh-oh. <laughs> Prepare for some emails, Barry. <laughs> you are welcome, Barry. Um... Yeah, and the Russian communist revolutionary Lenin, he himself compared religion to gin, uh, in that it was... Religion. Religion. Trademark Matthew Reed. Yeah. An intoxicant imposed by the ruling classes um, on the poor to keep them in their place. Right. Now, despite all this, and the fact that Mm -hmm. gin became gin, where spirit met juniper in a monastery in Italy in the 11th century, gin has become more associated with godlessness than with godliness, let's be honest. Mm. Yeah, it has has had its evil past. Yeah, it's it's had its evil past. Tell you what, it's all been, though. It's all been other people spreading rumours about gin. Yeah. Jane hasn't done note. <laughs> there's absolutely a lot of propaganda around yeah. it. And we talked about that in our crime episode yes. where it got blamed for, you know, um, a lot of crime. heinous acts, <laughs> crimes, yeah. Um, but let's go um, Let's go back to voodoo, shall we? Let's. Yeah. Best religion ever. Boobies, we... round the fire, and chicken. Like Nando's. <laughs> In the nude. In, in Middlesbrough with, on, a, on a Friday night. With a big fire. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what do you know? But you, so you've mentioned, you know, uh, dancing around fires. And I know that... The, perhaps animal sacrifices. You mentioned yeah. the sacrifice of chickens. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, there's a lot of uh, like zombification type, back from the dead type things. And, yeah. But rum, rum, I know that... Uh, Rum is always involved, but I heard that gin was involved as well. Gin is involved, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you know, it's been associated with things like voodoo dolls and, you know, bringing harm on your enemies. But a lot of people who act is, actually practice voodoo would say that's that's nonsense and they've never seen in their life such a thing as a voodoo doll. So 
We don't really know exactly where voodoo originated, somewhere in Africa, and it's still practiced in a number of African countries as well as parts of the Americas and uh, the Caribbean, but Benin is uh, widely known as the home of voodoo, or voodoo, as it's more commonly known there. Mm. Mm. Sounds like German for a wooden. A wooden. A wooden. <laughs> I think I actually pronounced that terribly, so sincere apologies. Um, if anyone wants to send us complaint emails, feel free to the Twitter account or the Facebook account. Direct them at Sarah, it wasn't me being <laughs> terrible at pronunciation. There will be some further bad pronunciations as this show goes on. Benin's a peaceful state. Um, it's economically deprived, but it's a democracy in West Africa. About 17% of the population of Benin uh, follow voodoo. Mm. That's, that's very high. It, it is quite high. And the 41% of the population who identify as Christian still engage in practices that are similar to Haitian voodoo mm-hmm. as well. So it's pretty embedded in the culture there. It doesn't follow a scripture. It does have sort of major governing deities who control the forces of nature. And then also, and I think this is really beautiful, individual streams and trees and rocks will also have their own spirits within them. Oh, like souls. Almost, yeah. yeah. Soul of the river, soul of the rock, soul of the tree. Yeah, yeah. So it's, and it's a way of life, you know, it's not just a religion. It, it, it's embedded within the culture, philosophy, language, the art, dance, music, medicine even. And as you mentioned earlier, ceremonies do involve animal sacrifice, after which gin may be poured on the floor. And gin is also drunk during Ooh, these rituals. Just a minute. I know. Wasting gin. Wasting gin. I mean, animal sacrifice might sound cruel to a lot of people, but wasting gin, no, I'm not. Too much, isn't it? It is too, too much. Too much, yeah. It is too much. <laughs> but why is it that gin is involved? What do you think? Because it's lush. <laughs> And if you're going to have a party, which voodoo, as far as voodoo ceremonies are just parties that I've seen, then I believe that you should definitely have gin involved. I think there's probably an element that it's, yeah, yeah it's, of it's, course it it's is. part of the, the kind of uh, uh, revelries. But alcohol and other hallucinogens are probably used primarily to alter the participant's state of mind. Mm. There was one reporter, Wanderlust reporter, called Mark Stratton, and he went and participated in one of these ceremonies, and he describes being given uh, gin infused with other herbs to improve erectile dysfunction. So there's uh, other herbs that are used as well that apparently have additional qualities. Biag gin. Yeah. Trademark my theory. (laughs) Uh, It's mental, isn't it? It's usually the opposite. Not that I've ever... uh... Funny joke. Next. <laughs> but gin has often been associated with fertility in other parts of the world as yeah, well. Yeah, of course, virility. So this, you know, this could also be a factor. This, the 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 particular type of gin used in the ceremony is called cassava gin, and it's actually distilled from sugar cane, like rum. Rather like rum, indeed. So we see this kind of crossover uh, of this being a base spirit that's not distilled from grain, but distilled from sugar, but then being infused with these herbs becomes gin by default almost because of its kind of botanical nature. 
So I tried to contact a number of museums and experts to find out a bit more about why specifically gin uh, is used in these West African ceremonies. I didn't get very far. In the end, I resorted to posting in the Ask an Historian forum on Reddit. And one historian did come back to me and he, he speculated that it could have been linked to colonial activity. I mean, the colonial history of Benin is... Um, I imagine it's quite... It's, it's incredibly dark. It was absolutely decimated by the slave trade. It suffered real atrocities, such atrocities, in fact, that it became known as the Slave Coast. Yeah. Britain and the Netherlands were the major culprits in the region, the two countries who are most associated with gin. Gin. So I think this historian probably had a good point. And, and you mentioned rum. In Haitian voodoo ceremonies participants drink rum mm -hmm. so going over to haiti there you go that's unsurprising Lo given the local tip exactly whatever's yeah. available i imagine they know yeah well barbancourt rum is one of the most famous exports of haiti oh. so it's yeah i mean it's it could well have just been what was to hand so the closest i can come to a conclusion on this is that uh, a it was a strong liquor that altered the state of mind uh, b british and dutch slave traders could have brought gin into the region and c the use of the extra herbs for other uh, remedial yeah. properties uh, by default made, made it a gin. a gin, so to speak. Well, this is ironic. So the European uh, colonists who tried to actually, who came to the region, tried to suppress voodoo, probably because they didn't understand it and probably thought, well, we can't have the local people practicing their own religions. Imagine. Let's try and impose our own. But isn't it ironic that they came with their Western ways, they brought their gin, they tried to suppress the religion, and then their gin became central to the uh, the religious practices. <laughs> so let's travel a little further west to Ghana, formerly How known as... Train. Uh, in our in our in our minds in our mind palace. In our mind palace. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> um, so yeah, Ghana, formerly known as the Gold Coast, due to its rich gold reserves. The, this region was heavily <laughs> very very uh, unimaginative name in the coasts, weren't they? Yeah, I think it was probably these yeah. fucking colonial <laughs> assholes. Oh, here be gold. <laughs> But yeah, on a more serious note, Ghana was also heavily affected by slavery, suffered under the colonial rule of other European countries like Denmark and also Britain and the Netherlands, the big bully boys. So this affected the region's food, drink and crops and in turn influenced the offerings um, that the local population made to their gods. So the Guan people in the area, they were the earliest inhabitants of the Gold Coast. And their religious traditions include making food and drink offerings uh, to the deities. Now, there's little information about uh, what these offerings were prior to the Europeans arriving, but there are some reports that suggest it was palm wine that was the alcohol that was used in these ceremonies. So the wine was drunk from a gourd. The drinker would leave a little inside, again, which they would then throw on the ground, shouting IOV, meaning Amen. Um, but according to an academic article by Emmanuel Akiampong and Samuel A. Entewusu, um, by the late 17th century, the Atlantic slave trade had introduced and expanded the availability of European liquor in the region. So this influenced the ritual and social uses of alcohol. Darker spirits and clear ones each 
started to have their own different places in rituals. So war deities, for example, demanded sacrifice of blood, human and animal, um, and delighted in American rum with its uh, red gold colour. Um, but then colourless gin and schnapps be- uh, came to serve alongside water as ritual fluids for deities that were averse to rum and human blood. Yeah, schnapps is quite big in Holland, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Really yeah. Well. So British antagonism towards the liquor trade by foreign nations um, to British West Africa uh, sort of after World War One, ended German snap- schnapps and American rum imports, leaving only gin available in the 20th century. So then that stepped into the ritual role that rum had played in preceding ceremonies. Mm. So I think there we're getting much closer to an answer in why, uh, why gin has played such an important part in voodoo. Mm. So, case solved, I think. I think yeah. we've solved that, yeah. Yeah. Next. <laughs> give us another case, give us a difficult one. <laughs> well, let's talk about demonic possession, shall we? Let's, let's... talk about that, let's sort this out. <laughs> Never happened. Next. <laughs> Anyone wants to question us on that? Come at me. I don't know. I saw I you. Do. You, did a, you did a show last week, didn't you, where you were drinking a gin that was just called London Dry. <laughs> That's all it was called. Oh, yes, yes. That was... And I saw you the next day, and you did look like you'd been ripped apart by mm-hmm. dark forces. Yes, yeah. If by dark forces you mean my own stomach acid. <laughs> yes, I had been pretty brutally ripped apart by them. <laughs> That's what you get for drinking with Johnny Vegas and all the other comedians. <laughs> Wasn't it out of a plastic bottle as well? Yeah, it just said gin on it. <laughs> I think it was an embossed word gin on the bottle. Oh, they embossed it. Embossed it because it's dead posh. <laughs> Seven ninety nine a litre. You know what I mean? You'd think with me knowledge of gin, someone have gone probably not, but someone got it for us, and it was all that was available. I think not. Oh, hey, this Cotswolds. Oh, this I know this Cotswolds is going down lovely. Um. Okay. So let's talk about modern spiritualism now. So alcohol is generally viewed as both a gateway substance which allows demonic possession of the drinker and a source of kind of positive and negative energies from the surrounding dimensions. Oh. Yeah. So sneaky devils. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting one and scoff if you will, but I I have I have some interest I have an interesting tale to tell you now. So this comes from Mr. Scoff scoff scoff. <laughs> This comes from MysteriousUniverse.org. Now, Mysterious Universe, it's a great podcast. It's all about the unexplained, whether that's aliens or demons and whatnot. And they take quite an interesting kind of scientific view of it. And they talked about one new age theory, which proposes that alcohol causes, and specifically strong alcohol, um, causes us to lose control of our mind and intellect, which allows this kind of black energy to enter and wreak havoc um, so possessions of the body become more more likely and your inner self can become endangered when you're under the influence of alcohol uh-huh. mm. so take the case for example of Angela an Irish woman who she she had a she'd had a difficult life and she'd lost her mum at quite an early age she was a bit troubled and she began having these really weird premonitions during her sleep. So she'd, she'd nod off and then she'd wake up and things would feel really strange. And then she'd be kind of floating above her house and she'd be able to see the streets down below. 
really strange. But these premonitions got more and more intense. Mm -hmm. And one night in particular, she woke to one of these premonitions where she was floating above an American city that she'd never seen before. She could see skyscrapers and traffic in the road down below. And she saw a taxi coming quite uh, slowly down the road, but a, a white car coming quite quickly round uh, towards an intersection. And to her horror, she saw the, from above these two vehicles colliding. Suddenly, her vision zooms into the scene where she's able to look into the taxi. She looks into the back seat of the taxi and sees a woman quite clearly dead, her neck broken, her head at a really strange and horrible angle. Um, and her horror realises that the, the passenger is her best friend. So she wakes up and desperately tries to get in touch with this friend and remembers this friend is actually in Chicago in America at the moment and desperately tries to get hold of her and finds out that actually this friend had been killed at that moment in a taxi collision Ooh. in the city of Chicago. Now one thing about this premonition and all the other premonitions before that was she had been blind drunk the night before yeah. she had these these premonitions so she started to think what if I could go and see my dead mother what if I could talk to my mother so she starts getting really drunk um, she meets a guy who's and um, this strange guy who's kind of lecturing her on the ways to do this and together they manage to transport themselves to different places she ends up being able to transport herself into her old family home manages to meet her dead mother but then the more she does this, the stranger it gets. And eventually her mother turns into this horrible demon with this, this evil face. And she can't stop having it. And eventually she goes to a monk, a Catholic monk, um, called Father Ignatius McCarthy. And she says, look, I can't deal with this anymore. I think I'm possessed. And he said, first question. Are you under the influence of alcohol when you have these premonitions? And she said, well, yeah. So do you under the influence of a lot of alcohol? Well, yeah. He says that's therein lies the problem because when we're under the influence of alcohol, uh, particularly where we're blind, drunk, we let in, we become vulnerable. And the dark side, you know, demons or what if, whatever you want to call them, will play on our vulnerabilities. And and uh, the desire that you had to see your mother, it played on that desire and also played on the vulnerability because you were drunk and entered you. And then she got an exorcism and all that and all that stuff. But, but more importantly, she stopped drinking and stopped having these um, mm. these premonitions. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not convinced. Not convinced. No, not convinced. So what do you think happened? What do I think happened? Yeah. I think she saw something and interpreted it however she wanted. Mm. I don't think there's anything to do with like dark powers. No. That's nonsense. I, I, I mean, I, I'm a bit of a cynic when it comes to these things, and I, I, I think. Mm. I'd like nothing more than be wrong mm. about how cynical I am about everything, about mm. angels, about God, about mm. about religion, about ghosts, about monsters that live under your bed. I'd love that adventure and danger to exist in real life just to make it more interesting, but I mean, there's nothing to tell you otherwise, is there? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Apart from some people, I saw a light in the sky. <laughs> Did you, mate? Lovely stuff. And uh, were you drinking from a jug that said XXX at the time? <laughs> moonshine. <laughs> we are having some moonshine. Well, okay. Here's what I think. I, I'm I, like I say, I'm a cynic. I, I do think it's weird that people can sense that things are happening, like you know the fact that a friend had, had died at that very same time. I still find it odd that like dogs know when you're coming home, stuff like that. There's, there's, there's a certain vibration in the universe that is a scientific thing. Yes, that, that perhaps we don't know a great deal about that, and yeah. that we can yeah. pick up on. Yeah, but it's not a superpower. It's it's just something that happens. It's like it's a wave in the in in air and molecules or something like that. That maybe some people are, are more adept at, at tapping yes. into than yeah. others. Yeah. And there's people that can play football a lot better than me. Like, I mean, 99.9% of the yeah. world. But that's because they're better at football than me. Yeah. Though. And I think with alcohol, alcohol has a way of amplifying your your insecurities, your fears, your worries, but also the, the, the good things as well. Yeah, that you, of course it, so. it boosts your it boosts your if you're feeling confident and you're feeling happy and you get drunk, you have a great jolly night. If you're feeling miserable and depressed and you get really drunk, you're probably gonna sink deeper but, into it. Yeah, well it's a bit like I know you've not seen the film, but the mask. The whole idea is it amplifies your personality, the film with Jim Carrey and he puts it on he becomes this he becomes this Lothario fun fun guy when he's really like this nerdy little uh, Loser, then the body gets all of it. He puts it on, he's just really evil and stuff like that. And I'm just thinking, it's the same alcohol, you know, it depends on how you feel and yeah. what kind of person you are. Yeah, and like gothic literature as well, you know, you've always got the doppelganger, like Frank, yeah, Dr. Frankenstein creates this doppelganger monster that, that probably goes and, you know, makes his mark on the world in a way that his, his darker side might mm. like to. And uh, alcohol, in a way, is, I guess, your. Um, Everything. It's your doppel. It, it turns you into your doppelganger, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so Jacqueline Hyde. Yeah. That's basically what it was. Yeah, it? yeah. Just like, I've made the mystery portion. Is it strong <laughs> alcohol? Is it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it is a magical potion. <laughs> Are you getting hammered and then going and killing people? Yes. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think. It's not mystery solved, I think. Yep. Solved. 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 Yeah. Okay. Next. So now that we've started going into the um, the uh, slightly off the wall, should we just should we just lean into it? Should we go Let's full go for it, on eh? this? Okay. So last Halloween, uh-huh. Moonpig.com offered the chance to purchase the perfect Halloween gift cursed gin have you heard about this cursed gin no continue okay so cursed gin uh comes from pluckley in england um now curse word gin nearly (laughs) (laughs) yeah and now pluckley is officially and by officially i mean according to the guinness book of records the uh, most haunted town in britain how'd you even get that It's one of those other competitions, you know, like, we talked about this the other day, we're walking down the thing, walk past the butchers, it's like, award-winning sausages. No one's ever been to a sausage competition. <laughs> Didn't you judge a sausage competition once? No, that was a hot dog, that was a, for a start, it was a burger competition, and for a start, it was a burger-eating competition. Right, okay, fine, fine, fine. But I, but who, like, but award-winning right, pizza. All right. What pizzas win awards? Okay, well, I'll tell you. Do you want to hear about the ghosts of Pluckley? Yes. Right. So where this gin comes from, Pluckley, mm-hmm. 
There's an old woman who back in the olden days would sit on Pinnock Bridge in the town, drinking gin, smoking a pipe and selling watercress. Legend. So when a smouldering ember from her pipe fell on her gin-soaked dress, she burned to death. Ooh. Now, I don't know why she Took didn't... A in a watercress. Well, she was on a bridge, so I don't know why she didn't just leap into the Might have been a motorway bridge. No, I looked into it. I actually looked on Google at maps. Oh, right, so it was, there was and a there night. is a small stream. Well, apparently, it's for, like, apparently like, uh, you know, when you say there's something on fire and that, the, the, the thing that like, will struggle you from helping yourself is that the fire's burning all the oxygen. So you can't breathe when you're on fire because the fire, like, there's no air. Oh, so, so your judgment got, is... Uh, so your you're, judgment you're pretty... Uh, I'm pretty con- oh, bless her. What a horrible death. Yeah. Um, I'd haunt the place for that, like, if anyone helped us. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she, she she's still seen sitting there on the bridge selling ghostly watercress. Yeah. So yeah, there's this. I mean, there's, that's just that's just one of many. But uh, going back to this Pluckley gin, each bottle of this gin is personally cursed by a real witch. <laughs> <laughs> And but the icing on the cake, the gin is the gin is green. Oh, oh God, that's the Halloween trick of all of the sweets now. Spooky Jaffa cakes. Yeah. Well, you you put green orangey bits in. Well, didn't they do a green Burger King burger yeah. where the bun was green, and then people didn't people's poo go green? Well, I don't know. That's... Maybe this gin makes your wee green. Like, yeah. Yeah. So this, it's a limited edition batch. It's brewed over a two-week period in September by Union Distillers. Mm-hmm. And it uses an authentic and unique triple chilling filter process. And during the distillation process... Chilling is in cold or chilling is in... I think, it, I think it's probably... <laughs> uh, and uh, the gin is infused with possessed apples and meat <laughs> grown in Pluckley. What? Just a tiny little cartoon worm? Dead Carly, I live in this apple. And what on earth? How is an apple's head spin round? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to tie an apple to a bed to exercise. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, because it's not. The gin is then soaked in devil's claw. What's that? It's an African plant. And it's popular with witches because of its shape. Because of its name. It's shaped like a devil's claw. <laughs> Um, and then and so then when the cursing from the witch takes place this takes place uh, after bottling during October's full moon and uh, the witch herself says that the spell empowers the drinker to follow whatever their hearts desire uh, whether that's for good or for evil Mm. Mm. thoughts thoughts oh so many (laughs) I must tell you how many bottles how many bottles are made, do you know? It's just as limited edition. Limited edition, so limited edition nowadays means quite a few as well, doesn't it? Mm. So this witch, right, by the end of it, do you think she's still doing the curse or the same way she's supposed to be doing it? Because if it's at least six right, curse, 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 next. Exactly, it, it might be well skill you this is a skin the ball you know what I mean? But by the end of it she'll just be like, Yeah, cursed. Yeah, cursed. <laughs> I think I'm quite proud of the magic words I just made up there. You I know, know trademark. Vindabar. Yeah, yeah. Vraclia Vindabar. That's yeah. um, trademark Matthew magic words. <laughs> magic if, words. If you're a witch that wishes to have some new magic words, uh, give us a shout. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, once you've fed all 27 of your cats. <laughs> Look, Matt, 
you. You're going to get yourself, you know... Cursed. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I'm the thousandth person, the curse will probably just be a bit bored by them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll vindabar spell them exactly. right back into the next century. Yeah. So, shall we... Back we... into the next century? Don't know, don't know how you do that. Is time even linear? We yeah, don't know. exactly. It's back to the future. I'll, I'll cast them out into a DeLorean. Okay. So can we stay with ghosts for a minute? Of course we can. So this this is another gin-related ghost story for you. This takes place on Mersey, Merseyside. Merseyside. And who are you? Mer- <clears throat> Merseyside. I'm sorry, what accent are you doing? A Merseyside accent. Okay, okay. Do better. Eh? Do better. No, I think, uh, I, think I find it offensive for you to know people's accents. Okay, this takes place on Merseyside. Where? Merseyside. <laughs> it's a very good accent, actually. That was one of your better ones. Thanks. Um, That's the others are atrocious, though. Yeah. So, okay. So this is a tale that begins in 1937, when a 50-year-old jewellery and clock repairman named George Dixon Phillips moved into a flat at a house in Percy Street in Liverpool city centre. So George had left his marital home after a drunken argument with his wife. She said, look, quit the gin... Or you're out. This is getting too much. You leave, George. Well, he did leave. Um, and he, he tried to give up his beloved gin because he thought, no, I want my wife back. I'm kicking the habit. Three days into his exile, he thought, oh, God, sod it. He went and bought a bottle of gin, carried it up to his bedroom in a paper bag. In an, but in an effort not to cave in, he was like, right, I've got the gin here, but I'm not going to drink it. He just, he got ready to, for I bed. I did that with my cigarettes. Did still, you? I've still got a meal last Box of cigarettes Have in, you? There, in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Year and two months. Yay. Yay. Um, yep, so George, yeah, he did the same. He, he he got ready for bed, he was pulling off his boots in his darkened bedroom. Then he glanced over to the building opposite and he could see a lamp burning in one of the rooms. He could also see a woman sitting at her dresser gazing into the mirror, but suddenly a man came up behind her and put a bag or a pillowcase over her head. In the struggle, the woman knocked over the lamp and all went dark. So George pulled his boots back on, ran downstairs. He told the landlord what he'd seen, but the landlord didn't believe him. The landlord had seen him going up to his room carrying a bottle of gin. He thought, he's just drunk. Mm -hmm. So George called at the house opposite and was greeted by an elderly woman who reassured him that everything was fine. In fact, upstairs had lain empty for almost three months. There was no one there. So George notified the policeman who was patrolling his beat and he said, look, constable... I, I, the lady said there's no one there but I'm worried so the constable visited the house again but this time the the, the, old, the old woman allowed the policeman to go in and have a look so the constable emerged some ten minutes later apologised to the old lady for pointlessly calling at such a late hour um, and explained to George there is nothing there so embarrassed George started to doubt what he'd seen and wonder if the, wondered if the whole thing had been some kind of hallucination Um However, the policeman told him that his late father, who had also been a police constable, had told him that over the years, scores of people living in the vicinity had reported seeing a man murdering a woman by suffocating her with a bag at the same window. Having said that, George never touched the gin again. Um, after the spooky incident, he, he thought, no, maybe this is messing with my mind. I'm off it. He reconciled with his long-suffering wife. All was good. And again, it was he was a long time alcoholic, yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, long time alcoholic, and he was 
kicking the habit. He's about four days off the booze. Yeah. And he saw something that wasn't there. Yeah, but what what about the others he'd seen? Do you reckon the policeman was not just uh, amusing the man who was uh, seeing things? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Hallucinated. Okay. Hallucinated. Solved. Solved. Solved again. Solved again. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to finish just with this little anecdote because it's, it's, it's quite a funny one. Better be. So the Plymouth Distillery. Yes. Uh, that's haunted. Of course. Yeah. It's haunted by a ghost named Charles who once worked on the site. And he's sometimes seen in the upper gallery. The ghost used to work on the site. <laughs> no. It's <laughs> very nice. <laughs> Pre-ghost days. Oh. Before he became a ghost. Um, and he's sometimes seen flicking a cigarette. Um, and apparently he still pinches women on the bottom. Smoking indoors and pinching women yeah. on the bottom. What an animal. I know. And there's more. A little girl in historic dress and a hooded figure supposedly lurk around, spooking visitors on site. Um, and where the ladies' toilets now stand was the site of an unknown tragic event in previous years. Nobody knows what that event was, but people report feeling very emotional in that area. Mm. Thoughts? Right. Does Plymouth Distillery do uh, tours? Yeah. Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kel Supreme. Does Plymouth do awfully well off these tours? (laughs) Awfully well... I'd say it about the Halloween period. <laughs> all right, all right. So, you've been busy hey, publicity stuff. Yeah, good, good luck to them. Good blinking luck to them. Yeah. Need anything to get ahead now? Yeah. I mean, I would say the best way to get ahead if you were a gymnast was to be featured on a podcast. That's very true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's the best way. If you would like to be featured on Mother's Room Podcast, <laughs> do send us some information to the Twitter account and or Facebook account. <laughs> Right, so that's it. There there ends our tale of the unknown. Spookiness. Mm. Mm. Disproved all of it. Uh, Not well. Yes. All right. End of. All right. No more more questions. I win. (laughs) (laughs) I I beat all ghosts. Okay, you beat all the ghosts. Well done. Gin news headlines today. Bar for the course. Gin made from racecourse turf. And vice and a slice. Legal loophole exploited to sell gin. Well, what's this all about? Mm. Bar for the course. Well, a Surrey-based distillery called the Gin Kitchen has revealed they're making a gin that includes some of the Lingford Park racecourse track turf as one of the botanicals. Grass. Yes, that's what I thought. It's no specific botanical, it's just grass. Grass. It must be. Yeah, it must be. And it's grass that horses have just run, run on, on and possibly weed on. The horses wee while they're running? I don't know if someone would send us some facts about that. but <laughs> I know greyhounds wee before they run, mm-hmm. just to shed any excess weight. Do you think that's why they do it? Do yeah. you think they know that's what they're doing? Absolutely. Like a ballast tank in a well, submarine. It's like a fight or flight thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Quick wee in a poo and then straight to it. That's what I always do when I'm chasing rabbits. It is. Yep. <laughs> you know me. Uh, well, apparently, this gin is being made. Uh, that's being made by the Gin Kitchen will be given to the winners of the horse races at Lingfield Park. Oh, that's a nice idea. It's instead of a trophy, which 
is a little bit upsetting. I want me and him on a trophy. Though. Yeah, I would want a, want a trophy and the gin. Can yeah. we just have both? Yes, exactly. I'd give mm. the trophy as well. Tight. It's so far, as, I'm, as far as I'm aware, the only place you can get the gin is in the bars around the race course. And if you've invested in a very, very good horse... <laughs> you, <laughs> just take the shortcut and go to the bar. I know, I just got the bar around. Mind you, at race courses, the bars usually cost about fifty nine ninety nine for a single very specific I don't know I, to be honest I'm not I'm not a races gal myself no it's just not my jam well uh, one of the one of the founders of the gin kitchen uh, Kate Gregory said they ha- they were thrilled with the results obviously they weren't going to say it actually it's rubbish isn't it? <laughs> that would just be bad marketing <laughs> but uh, she said she was thrilled and they had no idea how good it was going to taste because apparently the race course people got involved and uh, they helped them experiment with it so, oh, right. Fair enough. So apparently grass uh, grass works in gin. Grass works. Horse grass. <laughs> now then, um, vice in a slice. This sounds interesting. A legal loophole has been found for someone to sell gin without a licence. Mm. I dare say it'll be getting closed very shortly. So if you want to do this, <laughs> do do it quickly. The founders of a new gin distillery, Chris Taplin and Barry McGeehan, registered the company... Uh, Tapling and Megan Distillery, hmm. and uh, but even after they converted, it took them that long. They, they applied for the license. Yeah, it took them that long. They'd converted the two hundred year old railway building that they were using as a still house, and their license still wasn't there. So obviously they didn't want to lose any time. Christmas coming up. Yeah. So what they did uh, during the application process, they had found a loophole that where you could sell gin as long as you were travelling on a train. You couldn't if the train was stopped. No. no. If it was moving, that's fine. So, if you get on the Orient Express or whatever, mm-hmm. they don't need a gin license or a liquor license. Turns out. Well. No. As long as they're not pouring yeah. while the train is stationary. Yeah. I love these old laws. It's yes, like, um, aren't there still laws in place where, like, technically to cross Tower Bridge, you have to have, like, four sheep and a bale of hay? Something like that. I think uh, it's yeah. still it's still a legality for it all men in England that practice archery on a Thursday. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's still a law. Really? Yeah, pretty sure. Well, I'm, I'm, obviously it's not, because uh, tell you what, I missed three Thursdays out last year. <laughs> Turning a blind don't, eye. Uh, Policing's t- not what it used to I be, is it? Don't tell anyone. <laughs> so, right, so what? how on earth are they getting around this moving train thing? Well, they've, they've, uh, what they did for like a pre-release like uh, advert type thing, mm. I, I tell you what, it hasn't done them any good, uh, any, any harm, sorry, it hasn't done them any harm uh, in advertising, I imagine, because they, they got a vintage, like an old-fashioned train, and they went from, um, it was a two-and-a-half-hour journey, they went from uh, Leeming Bar to Leoburn and mm. back. Two-and-a-half hours, a gin masterclass, and uh, saw the gin, but as soon as it started moving, apparently that was that was allowed. That's genius. Yeah. Do you know what? Hats off to them. Yeah, I, like I think that. so. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to find some more loopholes. Perhaps we can sell heroin on a plane. <laughs> But you've just got to get it on sneakily first. <laughs> yeah, if anyone knows of any intriguing loopholes or like crack on a motorbike laws, not that will enable us to sell contraband, but just generally yeah. like any weird old laws that are technically still in place, uh, let us know. Just yes. out of interest, that would be excellent. So that the, yep, they saw that. But um, fortunately, their gin will be available. Their license will be with them in time for Christmas. Apparently oh, it was the 13th of December that they were supposed to get it, so that's good. Right, okay. So you good can buy their, buy their gin for Crimblemouth. Yeah. From you to them. So, uh, short and sweet gin news this week.
It's Christmas time. Yep. Yep, that's right. That's our Christmas single. Yeah. Mother's Room Christmas single. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. It's Christmas time. So. What have we got? I'm so excited. So am I. We've got to try and stay sober during this challenge because we've got some Christmas gift, gift ideas for you. We've got, oh my God, I'm so excited about this. The Boutique Gin Company. Christmas advent calendar <laughs> where there are 24 doors and behind each door there is a miniature bottle of gin from the Boutique Gin Company. Now, Matthew, what do you know about the Boutique Gin Company? Tell me. Well, they're an absolutely fascinating company. Mm. That uh, Do you know what? There's a lot of uh, gin companies that advertise themselves. Oh, we're off the rails. Yeah, we're crazy. Yeah. And like, there's only a couple that I think actually do actually go the wrong way. And these are definitely one of them. I mean, the amount of flavours they've got. How many is it? It's over 40. I, I think there are nearly 40, actually, yeah. 40 different flavours. And some of them are just absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, my favourite one, the one that they've done, that there's definitely my favourite, and I hope is in this uh, calendar, that it probably won't make any difference to the flavour, but just the fact that the botanicals that are in the gin got shot into space yeah. and vacuum-packed in space yeah. just makes, just feels me full of joy yeah because i hope i get some sort of alien disease and i become so powerful <laughs> i think that's definitely like what's gonna... fly what what'd scenario. you get for christmas alien powers what do you get idiot <laughs> oh you got a playstation done <laughs> what did you get <laughs> oh laser eyes mate <laughs> so yeah what's gonna win but we were given a whole stack of stuff which was brilliant i mean like like, we started this because we love gin, but I tell you what, the freebies are great. Yeah, but, you know, we're, we're always non-biased. We always take a non-biased oh, yeah, yeah, view yeah. of these things. Um, so we will give you a fully honest opinion on um, these. But what I would say is that they look incredible. So we've got drinks by the dram. Drinks by the dram, Christmas crackers. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to insult your intelligence by pretending that you won't know what festive crackers with gin in them are <laughs> but uh, these say if you're expecting a tape measure or a toy car you've come to the wrong place these crackers are much much better of course they've got gin in them it's not you don't just open the cracker though and gin all spoils out <laughs> it's, little <laughs> yeah. it's little bottles in them you get a hat and a crap joke so how many it. gins do you get in there you get six and the the absolutely beautiful uh, selection as well it's Aberforth's bathtub gin slow oh. Oh, slow. I've never tried that. Tableford's bathtub gin. Yuletide gin from the Boutique Gin Company. Perry's Tot Navy Strength at 57% volume. Merry Christmas. Merry jail term. <laughs> <laughs> Conker Spirit Dorset Dry Gin and Tankray Rangpur. Wow, fantastic. So six, six drams. Yeah, so you can get hold of these... Um, Look, look them up online. Drinks by the Dram Christmas Crackers, and they'll set you back around about thirty four ninety five. Which is what you'd pay for a bottle of gin anyway, without yeah. without without the fun of the cracker exactly, bit. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's a nice gift. But speaking of Christmas gifts as well, we've been also got some Drinks by the Dram six dram baubles yeah now these you can grab online again they cost about 30 36 37 pounds um for you get six gins in them is that six right? wax sealed uh, uh 30 milliliter drams which is beautiful and they're in see-through baubles so you can hang them on your tree and you get uh some absolutely incredible gins in there as well these ones are yuletide gin from the boutique again yeah 
Tarquin's Sea Dog Navy Strength, 57. That's Tarquin's from uh, Cornwall, I believe it is. Yeah. Uh, Tank Rain number 10. Beautiful gin. Yeah. Pinkster gin. Ableford's Bathtub. And Herno Slow. Herno, of course, won the award for best gin, didn't it? Yeah, it did indeed. It was the old Tom, I think, yeah. uh, won the best gin in the world. Yeah. Um, and we've still to try that, actually. Yes, we've got, we've, got, we've got it. We've got a bottle of the Slow now and we've got a little bottle of the, uh, of the Herno Old Tom. Yeah. So, um, but going back to the boutique gin company Advent Calendar from Drinks by the Dram, um, yeah, you mentioned that they do some really wacky stuff. And it, the way they do it is that they don't distill their own gin. They team up with distillers yeah. around the world. Boutique gin's more like a lab. I think it's more like a secret lab. It's kind of like a, co- a collaboration. Yeah, yeah. They'll get the nice gins in and then they, they create the flavours with from their base gins. In which is, collaboration yeah. with, the, with the distilleries. Yeah, of course, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and you mentioned the moonshot gin that, that's gone into space. They do a roasted pineapple gin. Yeah, um, the moonshot one. Oh, God, I can't wait. All right, should we, we give them a try? Now, what I've done is I've looked up, um, well, actually, I say I've looked up. We got in contact with the Boutique Gin Company. Yep. and said, look, send us a list of all your gins and everything that you yeah. uh, would pair them with, which they did. Now, because we don't know what we're getting in this advent calendar, we, I've gone out and I've bought every single recommended garnish that yeah. uh, potentially um, could come up. Uh, and we're going to garnish them, we're going to drink them with the recommended tonics, we're going to taste them. Yeah, so thank you very much, Stephanie, for all of the information from yeah. Boutique Gins. Yeah. Uh, we will go for this. It's, oh, it's heavy. How much would this set you back? Uh, this this costs sixty nine ninety five. So it's it's you'll probably grab yourself a bargain now because these were originally going for a hundred quid. Yeah. But now that we're a bit closer to Christmas, you can get yourself an absolute bargain for less than seventy. Yeah. So get on it now. And, like I mean, the the bottles individually, like I mean, because of all the work that goes in them, they're quite dear themselves. So like, it's nice to get that. Uh, it's nice to yes. get yourself involved early on. And early yeah. And so you can do what you could do is when you've opened all the days, you could then just do like a, a kind of a, a Christmas tasting yeah, sesh. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Blind taste test. See exactly. if anyone can guess what flavour they are. Yeah. So should we open door number one? Yes, we should. Oh, and it's just flown open. I'm excited. I'm excited. What we got? What we got? The what first we got? one we've got is World Gin Day Gin. Ah, now this one, right? I'll tell you all about this one. 47.7%, that's what you need to know about that one. Okay, so World Gin Day, um, this was a collaboration with the gin monkey, Emma Stokes. We know of the gin monkey. Yes, we do. Uh, She is a a gin blogger. Um, She's a fountain of all gin knowledge, and I believe she was instrumental in World Gin Day itself. Yes. So um, they've collaborated with her, and they've created a blend of seven botanicals from seven continents. Ooh. Salt from Antarctica um, is included in there because not much grows there, um, as well as a range of other incredible uh, oh, flavors. So uh, it's recommended that this be paired with a grapefruit twist and a lime wedge with grapefruit tonic. Um, we have all of those to hand, so I'm going to pop some ice in your glass. I've gone for the pink grapefruit uh, Fentimans tonic here. Yeah, the wax seal is broken. Let's have a good sniff of this. Oh, that is delicious. I'm getting, I'm getting the citrus comes through, but there's a saltiness to the smell of it. 
Oh gosh, that smells strong. I'm getting that. I'm at the minute. I'm just getting pure alcohol. But... Yeah. No, no. I'm definitely gonna. Um, there's a there's a lemony uh, whiff right at the back. Yeah, citrus is starting to come through now. Once the once the instant hit of the alcohol uh, right. wears off. Right. Let's have a little taster. Taste it neat first. Of course. How's that working out for you? It's one of those gins that's quite difficult to taste neat because of the um, the strength of it. No, no. I've got. I'm getting orange there, like quite strong. Oh, it's delicious. Now you say I it. I can't wait. I can't right. wait to try this. Let's try it with the tonic. Just a splash. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Mm, super refreshing, that. Yeah, oh, it's, it's yeah. With the grapefruit tonic, it is a. Mm, that is delightful. It's an excellent pairing. Mm. I think that's a. Um, it, it's apt that it's World Gin Day gin because World Gin Day takes place in the summer. Mm. Oh, and that, that one's for this that's is one's a summer for punching cocktails. List. That yeah, is absolutely. an absolute delight. Mm. And that's gone. It's gone. So we're going to open the first few doors. We're not going to open all of them. We're going to save the rest for a future show. Yes, because if we do, hold them. I mean, we'll not get to the end of the show. Yeah? No. Number two, we've got Bush Tucker Gin. I've already got the hiccups. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Bush took a gin. So, this is from Chilgrove Spirits, a gin connecting Australia and England with four indigenous botanicals from each with a healthy dose of lemon myrtle. I don't know what that is, but it sounds, again, it sounds like it's going to be... Lemon myrtle? It sounds like an old woman. (laughs) I'm going to look it up. You know, old lemon myrtle down the road. Okay, so lemon myrtle is a flowering plant endemic to subtropical rainforests of central and southeastern Queensland, Australia. Ooh, let's have a blink and niff of this I'll one. Give you a bit of advice. Okay, and now what do we have? Um, what do we have to garnish this one? A lemon wheel and green grapes. I love the delicate way you're putting them uh, lemon <laughs> wheels in. Can you hear those thuds at all? <laughs> Just flinging them from a distance. Got some fresh mint here. Right, let's have a sniff of that then. Oh, this one I'm getting something floral. floral I'm getting, getting yeah, floral, but there's definitely there's a citrus after yeah. afterburn on the on the on the old sh- nostrils. Ah, it's nice to take. It smells like the sea. Very fresh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Right, let's pop I that into a glass. Try it neat. Oh, I do like that one. Slightly stronger on the juniper than last one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of frosty touch to it, where it feels colder. Yeah, it's nice. Now they recommend a classic. Indian tonic with this so what you got going on there what I've gone for is a Lixer classic Indian tonic water that's L-I-X-I-R um, it's a classic all natural Indian tonic water uh, I've got this from Phoenix. you can get it from it's boutique isn't it boutique-y, like, like Delhi's places department like. stores Delhi's yeah. that kind of thing just the right. oh yes that tonic water um, that is a really delicate tonic um, not too heavy on the kind of the bitterness yeah. so if I'd recommend this tonic if you're perhaps not a massive fan of the bitterness of tonic water yeah. and just want something that's, that's quite sweet and quite light I'd recommend this Lixer and it goes absolutely perfectly oh, with this gin delightful it's got that kind of sweet slightly fragrant delicately floral delicately botanical tell you what it is like not, not in a bad way Tastes like the old lemonade I used to get as a kid. Flat. It is very lemonade, yeah. isn't it? Flat though. Like uh, yeah. my grandma used to open bottles and keep them there for like six months. But, but it was, it was better. Yeah, but it was absolutely beautiful. And that's exactly what I t- I've, just had, I've just I've just literally gone back in time. 
mm. with that drink. It's beautiful. Now I'm just going to taste this tonic water on its own to see where that lemoniness is coming from. Could not be that lemon wheel that's in your glass. That's interesting. Try the tonic on its own. Mm-hmm. I'm really surprised at the taste of that tonic on its own. That is beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. But, but it's it's the... I thought it was the tonic that was leading the way, but it's actually the gin that's leading the way on this, on mm-hmm. the citrusy kind of lemonade sort of taste. Mm. Really into that. Oh. But I could taste the juniper fairly strongly when I tasted it neat. The juniper gets slightly lost when yeah. you put the tonic in, but that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, I think for somebody who's not a massive gin fan, if you've perhaps got... It's the bitterness that, like we've said before, it's the bitterness that tends to puts people off. Yes. So both this Lixer tonic water and this gin, they're not too kind of, um, they're not they're not overbearing in their kind of ginny, junipery bitterness. I would say this would be great for somebody who's coming round, who's maybe not a massive gin fan, but would, you know, likes yeah. the occasional. Yeah. A gateway drug <laughs> into Ooh. the stronger gins. Indeed, I'm going to eat my grape. Oh, your gin salad. Mm. Eat the grape. You eat the grape? I'll eat your grape. It's in there now. It's in the spittoon now. Come along. Right, door number three, please, Matthew. I'm going to drink there. You can drink the spittoon? Yeah. Put some ice in the glass while you're opening it. Number three. Three, three. Finger lime. Finger lime, now. Already sounds delightful. 46 again. Another strong one. Right, finger lime. Whole finger limes, a.k.a. lime caviar, are distilled in this gin. Hailing from Australia, the finger lime adds citrus, oiliness and intensity not usually found in limes. Now, have you ever seen a finger lime? They're like baby limes, aren't they? No, no, they're absolutely bizarre. They look, do you know what they look like growing on the tree? Cooked sausages. They're this kind of reddy, browny colour. They're shaped like a sausage. And you cut them open. I mean, they look a bit disgusting and you squeeze out their innards. And these kind of um, almost tiny baubles, little capsules of lime juice kind of come out. It looks like... How have they developed? Never, how like can I not have heard about them till 2018? They only grow in Australia. Well, I think they mainly grow in Australia, perhaps only grow. And they taste like limes, but they look... Like horrible, horrible alien egg pods. Oh, but I so I'm really keen to try this now. Let's have it open. Let's see what they recommend it with. Uh, lime twist and a pear slice. Lime twist. Lime twist, sir. Thank you. And the tonic water, herbal tonic, fentimans. Ah, do not have. What I do have though is. Aromatic. Aromatic fever tree. Let's go with that. Let's give that a shot. Oh, God, I miss that herbal Fentiman's tonic. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. The botanical one. Yeah, oh, it's the botanical, botanical one. Botanical one, yeah. It was botanical. And what was the other one that we liked? Connoisseur's tonic. Connoisseur's tonic. That was something else, that. But hey-ho, I'm going to try it with the aromatic. Let's smell it neat, then. What are you smelling? It's very perfumey. Is it? Yeah, I'm getting the limes, but it's it's more like smelling the outside the limes and when it's cut open. Interesting, so zesty. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. There's a real bitterness yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. Right, let's um, let's try that neat. Oh, wow. That is a strong gin. Yeah. And I don't mean strong alcoholic, which, I mean, it is. But that is a... That packs a real punch. If you breathe in, it's the whole breathe in. If your tongue goes cold, mm. um, 
it all it's almost got something of the dark spirit about yeah, it. Yeah, it has. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a taste of a. Uh, there's almost a, a taste a of the smell of rubber. Yeah, almost a whiskey. Yeah, yeah that rubbery yeah, yeah, smell yeah. you get with whiskey. Uh huh. It's quite nice. It's quite nice. Really mm. interested to see, and I can see why they say like a herbal tonic. Yeah, it gets it a little bit more uh, ginny. Now this tonic, this has got a bit of Angostura bark in it. Yeah. So it's, it'll have that kind of bitterness to it. Yeah. So cheers. Let's see how chin this chin. goes down. I'm a fan of that. I'm not enjoying the nose to that at all. I'm Do you not... want to try that with the um, with a different tonic? No, no. I'm don't. not sure that tonic's working with that. No, it's not, is it? Yeah. I like it, mm-hmm. but... Really look forward to that one. Let, wait, let's, let's... I think I might have ballsed it up with it. No, hold fire. Let's try that with the mixer tonic. Right, you have that. Because no, no, no. I quite like it with the... All right, you have that one then. That smells a lot better to me. There was something really weird about that tonic and that the smell with this gin. It really freaked us out. Now we're talking. Really? Mm. May I try? <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely beautiful. Oh, that is old fashioned limeade. Like the bar pop man. Oh, wow. Yeah, it just hit the back of my throat. As soon as it hit the back of my throat and went down my gullet, it settled on my tongue as Ooh, the old lime. There's a beautiful, like, sweet and sourness yeah. there. Oh, yeah. The, it, oh, it gives you a watery mouth. That's gone from a winter gin to a to a summer gin. Well, that's the thing. That's the beauty of gins. Like you can you can drink it. Obviously, you can drink it all year round. But there's I don't think I mean whiskey. You can drink with coke and lemonade, mm. as far as I'm aware, or on its own. Are you drinking the? Me and my pair. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I hold my hands up to that. I made a mistake with that aromatic tonic water. It's a nice tonic water. It is a good tonic water, it's but not. not, a good not it's not. For, it's not for that one, no. But with the elixir well, Indian tonic, that, well, is, that, is, that is yeah. beautiful. We're gonna to have to. I think we're gonna to have to uh, stop on that mix, Ali. Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm feeling the. Uh... I am feeling it as well. Woo! Right, what's next? Door number four. Zero four. Salt marsh gin. Salt marsh gin, right? Salt yeah, good. Marsh a nice gin. A nice savoury one. So, from Green Sand Ridge Distillery, they've taken inspiration from the local salt marshes. It features botanicals that you might find in a salt marsh, like samphire and sea buckthorn. Interesting. Right. Okay, wait, let me see what we need to uh, serve this with. So, this... Oh, no. This needs to be served with a, uh, an olive. I don't have an olive. Nope. And a Why don't you just twist. use aromatic tonic? <laughs> I, do, I do have a lemon twist though. Look, you're never going to let me live, that, live down that, that tonic gaff, are you? Nope. Never. First thing tomorrow, I'll remind you of it. Uh, and we've got to serve that with Indian tonic, so... Indian tonic. Have we got any more? We've got... We've got a Schweppes. We've got a Schweppes, right. Hold on. Let's have a lift. Oh, my word. What are you getting? It's like toffee. It's like, uh, it's like, hi, do you remember Highland Toffee? Yeah. It's just like that. It's like really good quality toffee. Let me smell. Oh, it's beautiful. Mmm, it's really like... Sugary. I'm quite excited about this one. Yes, this one should be nice. Let's have a, let's have a, a go on this then. Oh, wow. Oh, favourite so far. Oh, that is delightful. That's an adult gin. You know, like, there's, a, there's a lot of these that are just very playful and they're like uh, mucking about, but this, this feels serious. It's not a starter gin, yeah, is it? Yeah, this one's mu- this one's not mucking about. Let's try it with the tonic. 
Oh. I adore that gin. Superb stuff, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's the name, the fact that it's got salt in the name, but I, I'm imagining that I can taste salt. I don't think I can, but... It's got like a peaty... There's something really complex about it. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it is. It's like, it's earthy. Mm. It's an earthy gin. Yeah, it doesn't need a complex tonic water, that. No, that's got all We've the flavour. We've served that with the simple Schweppes. Yeah, that's the flavour it needs. Yeah. That's all the flavour it needs. We've got two lime wedge, uh, not, wine, lime twists in it. That's a lime it twist needs. and a lemon twist. Yeah. That's all it needs. Happy with that. Yeah, that's, that's moved into me top fives, that. Oh, absolutely. That is beautiful. What is an indoor number? What are we even on, Matthew? I can't even speak. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> That was nearly a sentence. I do apologise for the absolute disgraceful behaviour of my co-host here. What's in the door? Number four. Well, that's number five, but Ooh. behind the door. Mm. So you, you still managed to down that? I'm going to eat that pear out of the spittoon. Oh, good. There's a sentence for you, everybody. No. Right. Mm. Door, number fi- door number five. Yeah. What have we got? Ooh. Cherry gin. Cherry gin, okay. Apparently won the World Gin Awards for world's best flavoured gin. Okay, so a fruit gin with so much going on. Sweet and sour, marasca cherries are added to a London dry gin, along with vanilla, bitter orange, cinnamon and clove. Oh, it's the first coloured one we've got. Oh, God, it smells like, it smells a bit like marzipan, actually. Oh, That'll be the, the cherry sometimes can have a slightly marzipan-y sort of um oh, it smells party. delightful served with a lemon wedge have a niff of that oh. almost chocolatey i would say mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's very candy uh, yeah. oh like haribos yes those uh mm. yeah the cherry haribos yeah right give us a taste neat then simple lemon wedge in there thank you Oh, what, is that a liqueur or a spirit? What's the strength of that? 42. Do you know what? I could drink that neat. Uh, oh, good. Mm. And she's down, she's gone. <laughs> oh, what, you on about? Drink that neat? It's... Yeah. Can I have some more of that, please? Now this, obviously this is... It's, it's... Have you drunk all that that I've just given you? No, there's a bit more in there. Oh, okay, so it. this gin, thank you. This gin is. Um, it's delicious. It's it is. very. It's a heavily flavoured gin. We're not just talking slightly infused with cherry. It's We're bright talking. Red. It's bright red. It's sweet. It's very cherry. It's very vanilla-y. Cherry-y. Cherry-y. <laughs> it's almost uh, that could be a liqueur to me. Yeah. But, so, but then it's definitely got the kick to it. Yeah. And obviously it's forty two percent, but that has got it like it's got the alcoholic woohoo yeah, that, at the end. That would be a lovely gift for a gin drinker mm-hmm. who's looking for something a bit different, something we haven't bit, tried before. Especially the ones that get a bit arsy about the gin liqueurs. Yes. Well they go, Ooh, it's not even gin, Yeah, because yeah, exactly. But that one's a tasty sensation. Now, interesting one here, and I'm gonna have to go and leave the room to get something, but so they say either serve this with a hibiscus tonic mm-hmm. or for an odd coupling a premium cogla- cola premium what sorry <laughs> a premium cogla 
Right, you are going to have to leave the room that because you're going to have to go and invent whatever a cogler is and then come back with it. Uh, but you're going to have to gain it a reputation to make it a premium one of a cogler, whatever that is. And then you're going to have to come back. I'll kick you in the cogler. <laughs> oh, that's what a cogler is. So you want to serve a cogler with a body appendage. That is weird. Um, Matthew, would you like to go for the A... The classic pairing of a hibiscus tonic. We haven't got hibiscus tonic, but we've got tonic and we've got hibiscus flowers. Mm. We can make one. Or, option B, a premium cola. I'll try a premium cola. Yes! Fuck yours! I'll take this opportunity while Sarah's out getting the premium cola to apologise for her drunken behaviour. It is an absolute disgrace and not one... I condone it all. Oh, here she is. What do you say? What a delight she is constantly, <laughs> 100% of the time. She's not even drunken chicken handlers. Right, here we are. Uh, I'll tell you what we've got. We have got an artist from the Artisan Drinks Company, a barrel smoked cola. We have had this before just as a treat. As uh, just a drink? It is beautiful stuff. I do like it. Let's give it a waddle. Yep, she's gone in a different accent mode. This is. Let's give it a wee whirl. Right. Kachias. Kachias, indeed. <laughs> that's just an alcohol pop. That's just cherry cola alcoholic. Yeah. That is incredible. That is amazing. I cannot recommend this highly Ooh. enough to anybody. If anyone wants to send us bottles of cherry gin, just so we can make cherry cola alcohol. <laughs> that, that is a fun drink. And I tell you what, mm. this barrel smoked cola sounds weird. Oh. Because you, you know, Because you got the smokiness cola, afterwards as well. But it's such a very slight smokiness. Yeah. Oh. Just that sort of slightly burnt caramelly kind of flavour with the cherry. That is first bloody class. First bloody class. <laughs> Not just first class. First bloody class. Oh, that goes... Right, I'll tell you, oh. word of warning with this gin. Too easy, isn't it? Way too easy to drink. And it's 42%, which is like... Which is sort of middle... Well, it's, right, wait, uh, I think Gordon's is 43. And, uh, yeah, is I, Gordon's 43? Yeah, pretty sure it is. So if you go for 40, like... Is it 40? Oh, no, no, Gordon's is, uh, Gordon's is a bit uh, weaker. What is Gordon's? 37.5. Okay, yeah, so we're talking middle of the... Yeah, but still, the... it's a strong gin at 42%, mm. and... With cola, it does go down rather easy. So easily. It's so nice, though. This would be great for Christmas. After Christmas dinner, you want a liqueur, but you want something that's not just your, you know, your dense old sugary yeah. sherry. It tastes, or... it tastes like cherries are dipped in chocolate. Because uh, with the smoked... A, with the smoky cola, there's a real yeah. chocolatiness to it. Remember, it is spirit strength. Yeah, be careful. But... Forget the port this Christmas. Break out a bottle of this yep. cherry gin. Um, right, as the bells are ringing out in the background there, what is behind door number six? Right, we have got the Cobnut Ghost Gin. Cobnut Ghost Gin. Ghosts. How apt for this uh, episode. In nicely. From Greensland Ridge Distillery, once again, this one uses ugly raspberries as a botanical. Oh. I'm going to look that up. Along with cobnuts, gorse flower, rose hips, bay laurel. Right, I'm going to look up ugly raspberries while you pour this out. Great name for a band. Isn't it? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, the, the ugly, ugly raspberry. One, two, three, four. They're always, they're always like a death metal band with yeah. you. 
got a lovely picture on the front of a squirrel. Let's have a... Oh. I've been unable to determine what ugly raspberries are. Maybe... I think it might just be mis- like broken mis- biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> right, what are you getting? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Mmm, that's odd. Is it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm a fan of the nose, to be honest. Really? It smells like a fruit I don't like. I'm not sure which fruit. Oh! Gosh, that's a distinctive flavour. That's raspberry. Is it? Yeah, but... That is very strong on the nose. It smells like old raspberries, though. Obviously, I mean, they're not brand new. Obviously, not just fresh. They've, they've been in there. There is, there, there is a kind of... Pungency. Pungency about it, but I wonder if that's the cobnuts. <laughs> Nothing worse than pungent <laughs> cobnuts. <laughs> I try to show her at least twice a day. I'm just going to get us a quick uh, intel on cobnuts. <laughs> quick intel. You know, <laughs> the James Bond of the nut world. I have indeed. <laughs> just be hazelnuts they're a type of hazelnut grown in Kent that might be it you know. so it must be the, a nuttiness yeah you know it. when you crush nuts up they smell a bit odd let's see what we need to pair this with lemon wedge I've got a lemon wedge lemon wedge please and a fresh baby we can have right at the bottom see it fresh they're dry they're dry um, have we got any ice left in there a little bit right Taste this neat. What tonic do we need for this now? Um, just an Indian tonic. So we're, we're going to go with the Shreps. Go Shreps Yeah. Let's taste that neat first. I like the flavour on that. These these are I find these all quite light on the juniper. Mm. But I also think they're quite light on the botanicals as well. Yeah, the, um, it's more fruit. It's more yeah. the fr- kind of fruits that come through. Mm. I think, I think the the aroma of that does it no justice. I think flavour. Yeah, yeah, the aromas. I'd like I'd, I'd honestly, it doesn't like I, that's, that made me recoil. Right, let's have a taste with tonic. Again, the raspberry's winning the day there. Sherbety almost. Mm. It's, I mean, you know what, from smelling it to drinking it, it's a different world. Yeah, it's 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 a nice flavour, isn't yeah. it? Um, but it but it, like the cherry gin, it is a it is a fruit gin. It's yeah. not just a you know a gin like for example, elephant gin is distilled in Germany but uses African botanicals. Yeah. But it's it's used it's distilled using apples. Yeah. But that is a gin. It's yeah. a gin. Yeah. You can um, almost get the apple. You can get the apple, but but, but this is absolutely a fruit gin. Yeah. Um, I like that. I yeah. think it's it's the kind of thing that for you know for it's, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a bit like the it's it's like a high end version of the pink gins people are drinking now. I yeah. Think, uh, it's it's nice. Yeah. It's not. You wouldn't be on it all night. No. Oh God, no. You'd... But at the end of the night, after your meal, you know, or even as an aperitif, actually, mm-hmm. before the meal, grand. Right then, people. Quite obviously, there's 24 doors to get through. <laughs> so but given the state of current affairs, we're not going to get to all of them tonight. There's uh, every, like to be honest, right? I mean, like I didn't like the smell of the uh, of the raspberry, raspberry one. Yeah. Didn't like the smell of that one. But when I got down it and I drank it, it was a delicious taste. Yeah. There's not one of them I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to drink all night. Yeah. 
And well, th- no, you said you wouldn't drink the raspberry one all night. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit too sweet, but that's because it's too sweet, not because I don't like it. Yeah. But, like, uh, the, and the playful nature of this company is everything I've ever wanted, like, about gin. Yeah. Like, like we started this because we want to muck about. Yeah. And that's that's our ethos, and it's obviously theirs as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that's why I love I love this company and the gins that they're producing. I mean, they might be mucking about, but they're not mucking about with the gins. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. They're working with craft distillers who really care about what they do. I think that's all the doors we're going to open today. <laughs> all the doors we're going to open today. <laughs> yes, I think that is wise that we we do the next lot at a different date yeah. for a different show. Because yeah. <laughs> we're all we're into our face rubbing stage here. I've been rubbing my <laughs> eyes and just going, mm, right. So that is the end of that tasting and just thanks again to the boutique gin company and drinks by the dram for yeah. our magnificent preswani poos yeah yeah go get yourself one yeah go absolutely treat yourself this christmas and i'll tell you what if you do get these it is a treat yeah mother's room podcast was written and performed by matthew reed and sarah dunley theme tune written and performed by holly jazz cutsier